Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Let's Chat Markets, your favorite dairy podcast. As usual, Lucas Feast and myself will do a quick rundown on what data and news impacted dairy markets over the past week. But if you ever need more of an in-depth look and you're not a customer yet, you can always request a free trial on our website to get a glimpse of the comprehensive analysis that we do on a daily basis. All right, let's get into it. Boy, we wrote a lot this week, Lucas. I don't know how we do it sometimes. Um, We had the updated cold storage figures from the USDA as of February. We had a February U.S. milk production report, New Zealand trade data, and Chinese trade data. Coming off of last week's episode, where we spoke a bit about milk production in the Pacific Northwest with Dwayne Faber, Why don't you give us a rundown on key regional updates on U.S. milk from the report, Lucas? Sounds good, Alyssa. It was the fourth consecutive month of weaker U.S. milk output into February, as you mentioned. U.S. production down 1% versus prior year, which was a little bit of an improvement versus what we saw in January, but still a pretty significant decline. Overall, I think it was fairly expected. According to our high ground forecasts, we had forecasted a 0.9% decline, so pretty neutral towards markets versus our expectations here at high ground. Uh, California still weaker, down 0.2%. Of course, at 20% of U.S. milk, that is a key driver there of overall uh, trends in the in the production uh, aspect of things. Something interesting though, Wisconsin did jump a little bit higher versus prior year, but overall the rest of the Midwest still weaker and still struggling there. Uh, up to where uh, Dwayne Faber's farm is in Washington, uh, still seeing tremendously weaker output there. It was, I think we're into the second year of year over year declines there into Washington. And then of course, the, the one that we've been watching over the past few months into New Mexico down more than 13% as uh, financial difficulties, weather and cooperative base restrictions all kind of combine there in that state. I think overall, looking ahead, we still do forecasts weaker output here through the spring flush period, uh, not only in the U.S., but of course on a global basis, which is a key driver of these higher prices that we've seen over the past few months. Even with uh, high milk prices and a class three and four futures curve that looks fairly attractive, farmer costs have risen significantly over the past few months. So everything from feed to energy to fertilizer to labor is all higher. And it really limits the ability or uh, sentiment or I guess desire of farmers to add any cows or really quickly increase milk production to capitalize on these high prices. So moral of the story, yet another month of weaker output and even though the herd size did tick slightly higher versus January, no signs of a quick recovery in the near term. So negative milk production again, what did that mean for cheese and butter inventories last month then? Yeah, another good question. A a highly anticipated cold storage report that we got on Wednesday afternoon, especially on the butter side of things. Um, Butter stocks did increase, of course, at their seasonal rate. Uh, They grew just slightly higher versus the five-year average into February. But based on the uh, decline in December and the weaker-than-expected growth in January, stocks are still well below prior year levels. So yeah, even though we are seeing that seasonal increase, it's, I don't think enough to kind of quell any of the supply concerns that we have that could materialize into the back half of the year with butter production, probably still 
going to be lower versus prior year over the next few months here and demand seeing pretty uh, robust volumes, both at the uh, retail level and even at the export level. I think that regardless of a, a normal seasonal build into February, I do think that butter prices are fairly firmly supported here into the near term and even into the back half of the year for that matter. Over on the cheese side of things, uh, kind of a disparity between American and other than American styles. In American stocks, we saw the second second consecutive monthly decline. Uh, So both January and February stocks moving lower, which is pretty rare for this time of year when we would typically be in a lower demand type atmosphere and, and see stocks seasonally building. Uh, I don't think that the decline was enough to really drive prices any higher than they are, especially after some recent cheese price gains that we've seen over the past few days. But overall, um, something to watch here. Uh, Stocks in general, though, are above prior year levels, and there's certainly no shortage of cheese, but some interesting trends there materializing in that data. Yeah, a lot of neutral data overall there, but milk prices still moved slightly higher. And the U.S. isn't the only place where prices remain supported. European dairy indices continued to propel higher as of the Wednesday release from the European Energy Exchange, where every single commodity recorded growth. Everywhere you look within Europe and no matter who you speak to, the market chatter remains that product is tight in nearly every form from cheese to skim milk powder. Buyers can't seem to get their hands on any long-term contracts. Yeah, lots of similar sentiment around the globe. Um, Prices higher from a cost of production standpoint for European farmers. We've, of course, seen those persistent year-over-year declines in the key producing regions of France and Germany. And uh, yeah, even this week, something that we wrote about in our Wednesday weekly report is Ireland launching a scheme to boost domestic grain production in an attempt to be a little bit less reliant on the Black Sea region for feed needs. That Eastern European conflict creating lots of uncertainties across the EU continent there from a fertilizer perspective uh, and even from a food availability perspective certainly remains supportive to uh, commodity prices in the region and globally. That's for sure. And over to New Zealand, given that milk production is down over 4% for the current season, it's kind of unsurprising that we saw weaker export volumes overall, especially since China secured a record number of dairy products from New Zealand throughout 2021. The top three destination markets to report the largest increase in volume over prior year were Indonesia, Thailand, and Malaysia, all of which was represented in the form of milk powder demand. And then following a data hiatus during the Chinese Lunar New Year holiday, their January and February import data was released at the same time this past week. Despite headline turmoil between Australia and China, dairy imports from Australia for the first two months of the year were the strongest on record. China's import data also reflects that even though volumes were lower from New Zealand, China found other suppliers to fulfill existing demand needs that New Zealand wasn't necessarily able to fulfill given their tight milk availability. As always, head to our dashboard for a more comprehensive overview on what happened around the globe when it comes to dairy markets and what our expectations are for prices for the year to come. That does it for today. We hope you have a great weekend and we look forward to coming on next week to chat dairy markets with you. Cheers. 
Be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And if you're interested in receiving more information as well as our analysis, please visit highgrounddairy.com to request a free 30-day trial today. Futures and options trading involves substantial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Thank you.